Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is Windows 11 a good idea? Should you upgrade? We'll get into that and more with Doug Swin the Heart here on Tech Talk. Our number, if you want to text the program, 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. Doug, I hope you're doing well. And that is a gigantic question people are wondering right now. What about Windows 11? What do I do? Oh, I think most people are going to want to hold off until it's actually released to the public. Right now, you'd have to be signed up as the Windows Insider Program, and it's um, it's coming with a lot of issues, but that's normal. You know, they roll these things out, the whole Insider Program, uh, whether it's a developer's portion or, or the business portion or the actual side person who just wants to do some beta testing. They do this so they can find all these bugs, but it's kind of buggy. And in addition to that, you're going to want to make absolutely certain that the machine that you put it on is not a production machine. It isn't a computer, even in home computers. You don't want to have it do beta testing on any machine that you rely on to do day-to-day business. But I think that overall, it's going to be a big splash. They have done an awful lot with the graphics, and that's probably a good thing. Some of it I don't care for, but it's all personal preference in my mind. So, yeah, it, once they get the bugs worked out, give her, give her a whirl. Once you determine your hardware is capable of running it. And, and that is a big deal. Your hardware may not be capable. And this gets back to something we have said for years on the program, Doug. I'm a big believer in it. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Um if you're happy with what you're doing right now and whatever environment you're running, don't feel like you need to jump in and have the latest and greatest just to say you have the latest and greatest, right? Oh, I could not agree more. And that, that's true with hardware as well. You know, this whole entire business, and they, they, they tell people, you know, it's early. When you're jumping in uh, and brand new equipment that just came out or an operating system that just came out, there's going to be a transition where, there's no way in, in God's green earth that Microsoft or any other operating system developer can possibly imagine beforehand the number of different configurations that already exist out in the world. How many different software packages are installed on there, the order in which they were installed, uh, different printers. The combinations are literally endless. So this beta test period, it, it really is necessary. 
I think that there's a lot of people who are doing an awful lot of complaining way too early. Let's just wait and give it a chance and see how we come out in the next. They're talking about starting it. They're trying to release it to the public sometime between October and the first of the year. So we are way premature here. It's getting a lot of traffic for being something that isn't going to come out for another, what, five, six months? Yeah, but it it is still one of those things, though, that uh, it it generates a lot of excitement, and it makes you wonder, and you brought this up in the program to do, and I I have as well, you know, okay, Windows 10, why why don't they just – Upgrade Windows 10. Why do they need to create a whole new operating system? And the the idea that maybe you have a little bit older equipment and it may not be able to make that jump. That That's probably where people are frustrated. If they do want the latest and greatest, they may not have the hardware to get the latest and greatest. And that can be very frustrating because it takes us back to the bad old days when when hardware just wasn't keeping up. Well, you know, that's interesting. This is really, I think, Windows 11, so far from what I can see, is the most aggressive in limiting hardware. And even their little test tool, yeah, your machine's good. And by the time you get done trying to install it seven or eight times, well, no, not quite. You don't have the right processor. Or something's just off, just a smidge. There's literally tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of computers in this country brand new for sale right now that are not capable of running Windows 11. It's um, And I think that part of that may be an, an unknown. Maybe they don't know what exactly will go with all the combinations. But I, I don't think that they should be promoting it as it's going to work. And remember now, Steve, Windows 10, Microsoft said there were not going to be any other new operating systems. They were just going to build on 10 and eventually even drop the number. So it would just be windows but we'll have to see wait and see what happens and i a lot of it is uh real questionable to me i i'm saying you just hang on let some other be it's okay to be on the cutting edge we don't want to be on the bleeding edge all right doug is in today and you can get involved 651-989-9226 is our text line 651-989-9226 9226. We invite your texts here on Tech Talk. We got a lot of ground to cover, as always, and we invite you to send your text in sooner than later to make sure we get it in before the end of the program here on Tech Talk. Now, it's a beautiful day, and you may be sitting outside, you may have your computer handy, but one thing you need to do this weekend, and we bring it up from time to time back up your data. We continue to hear horror stories from people that, uh, get the old blues screen of death or they hear funny noises out of their hard drive. Uh, you, you don't want to be in that spot. There, there's no excuse in August of 2021, especially with hard drive space so cheap, you can get an external hard drive that'll take all your stuff, you know, really, really cheap, Doug. There just is no excuse. Oh, absolutely not. Combine that with the online services that you can use for free. Everybody should have at least three copies of any data that's important, especially pictures, precious moments that cannot go back and and redo. And this is really, really important. It truly is. And some of the online services, you got to take your time and get it set up properly. I think that they're being a little bit aggressive if they're backing up every key, keystroke by keystroke. I think it's going to create far too much Internet traffic that's not necessary. But data that you know you're going to keep, you couldn't have said it better. 
go out and buy a hard drive, even a hard drive today, an external that you buy that is built with a solid state drive, which increases the speed exponentially. You're still limited somewhat by what USB port you have, but they fly. I, they absolutely fly. And the cost is minimal. You can get some really good equipment today for not spending a lot of money in the area of storage. Backup, you just can't say it enough. Google Drive, iCloud, HP, if you happen to have an HP printer, an HP computer. And we're going to be seeing a lot more of these companies trying to gain your business for cloud storage. It's just going to happen. There's no question in my mind to that. And Google has actually dropped their prices on the on the extra purchases. Uh, if you want to buy more, uh, it, it's um, really no reason for it whatsoever. Ten minutes you could take per week and update your data, if that. And Linux has the same thing, a little deal called Time Shift. You can run the entire operating system, every piece of data, and it takes four or five minutes on a normal computer. Well, not the hours that it used to be, and it certainly isn't taking the effort it used to. You couldn't have said it better, my friend. Yeah, and Doug, one of the things I, I've done, and I'm going to share this again, it, it's been a few weeks since we brought it up, but, but if I have something that I really absolutely positively want to hang on to, and, and, and there are documents or, or there are items, or there's a particular photo, if I really want to make sure I have this, is all I do is take and email it from, say, my Gmail account over to my Yahoo account. I, I, I try to avoid my work accounts for that sort of stuff because that's not what it's there for. That, that's why we have our own private uh, email accounts. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm really not a big fan of... Um, mixing the two, that there, there's work email, and that's the property of the company. And people need to keep that in mind, by the way, that if you're on a company email, that, that's company email. And oh, you know, that's really, this is one area that has gotten much less attention than it should. Yeah, we really do have to keep our business and personal separate. Everything on a business computer your boss, the guy that owns this equipment and owns the Internet, they have access to that. It's just automatic. Yeah, and so if it's something private, you definitely don't want to be commingling with, uh, with work emails. And there's no reason for it. You can coordinate this. Your idea of a secondary email and sending it to yourself is phenomenal, especially if it's a correspondence that's important or an attachment or, like you say, a picture, something like that. It is in, see, now you've got it on your hard drive because you saved the attachment. Then you've got it in the original email. And if you're doing your backups properly, you've got another copy up in Google Drive or, or iCloud or something like that. Plus, you've got that, that last little hitch giving you four full complete backups of the other, of the secondary email address. It's, it's wonderful. And I'll bet you, you got that down pat. It takes you literally seconds to do that. Bam, 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 and you're done. Probably three or four keystrokes. Am I right? Yeah, it, it really is. You, you, you get into a habit. It is a good one. And I'm not saying you want to do that for everything because you made a great point. When you're storing photos or you're, you're storing these other things, let's face it, I, I go through my phone when I, when I was traveling more, especially when my daughter was going to school down in Arizona. I'd be on a plane to Phoenix or Tucson. Phoenix was always a little bit cheaper, so we'd fly there and then rent a car. But my point being is that's when I would clean up my phone, get rid of those duplicate, triplicate photos because digital space is cheap. And instead of saving all of that stuff or ultimately saving it up to the cloud, clean that up, delete that. You don't need to save everything. And I think that gets into the old 
you know, what's really important, that, the really important stuff I use that email system for just to make sure that in a couple of separate accounts I have copies and attachments of that stuff. So uh, it definitely good things to remember. By the way, our text line is open, 651-989-9226. If you want to talk computers, hardware, software, whatever, Doug's a man, and he'll be here until 3 o'clock today. Twins and Rays on the radio tonight. Uh, Tampa Bay won game one. Of course, uh, big, big pregame celebration of that 1991 World Championship Twins team. A lot of the former players in town for that event coming up tonight. It is News Talk, E3OWCCO. Privacy and the Internet. Uh, We've had a lot of talk uh, this year on the program about VPNs. Doug, get us into VPNs. Good idea, bad idea for most users? You know, they have to be ready to watch their speed decrease quite a bit. And I've been playing with that really a lot the last year. I have purchased three separate VPN packages. Um, I, I purchased a special router from Sweden that I could have multiples so I could actually test them. And once you put a VPN on, I don't know if this is exclusive to, to Xfinity Comcast. I doubt it. But it ran really good for about the first three hours, and then all of a sudden it just comes right almost to about 20% of my bandwidth, which if you've got a gigabit feed, you can still work, but you're not going to be able to experience uh, the, the joy of the high speed of the full gig. It's, um, it's going to get better, but with so much background traffic, if we can stop the background traffic affecting any type of VPN, that would increase our speed as well. So they're working on it. It is never a bad thing to add security, but here it's a huge trade-off, as long as you're mentally prepared for that. I run mine now for just specific items. If I'm buying something online or I really want to lock up something that I'm uh, connected to a computer remotely, and I'm a little concerned with what's on their machine, I might pop it up. Uh, But as a rule, I'm relying on uh, Comcast Xfinity, which is doing a great job, and I know CenturyLink is as well. Many of the ISPs around the country take this pretty serious. They're doing really, really well. And I don't think it's going to be the issue if you've got a clean machine and you work smart. Just don't be opening up emails that you don't know where they're from and attachments and especially files that end in exe or com, which most email programs will will bring to a halt, even zip files, the compressed files, Mm. even pictures. They can hide code into a JPEG or any type of a a graphic format as well. So it's, um, but that said, it's much better than it was last year. I think we're getting ahead of the bad guys here. This has been really much, much less of my traffic the last year, year and a half. We still got to be conscious and practice good practices. As long as you do that, you should be good to go. And Doug, people may have heard the ads for Duck Duck Go uh, here on News Talk A three O W C C O. There, there are options, and and there are ways that, without going to the extent of getting a VPN, um, that that you can protect your browsing privacy out there and. Uh, because a lot of these these big companies, you know, use that data and mine that data, and, and there are some that 
are willing to go out there. DuckDuckGo is one that comes to mind. Tell us how that works and why it could be a good option. Oh, I love DuckDuckGo for a search engine. Yeah. That I, I believe, I may be wrong, but I think this is Google's largest competitor. And right from day one, DuckDuckGo sat down and they designed a search engine for the end user's privacy in mind and safety in mind. When you get DuckDuckGo, and you should have multiple search engines, you, they got a whole page of how you can set this up. And each individual person in your house, the administrator of the home, can indicate what people can see, what can come in, what can't, right down to vulgar language. It's, it's phenomenal. There has been a boost in DuckDuckGo usage in the last two years. It's phenomenal. It's skyrocketing. The, another one to keep an eye on, uh, the Brave browser, the company Brave, they're creating their own search engine. I played with it a little bit. I think it's a little premature. I'm going to hold off for a few months and test it again. Uh, there's another one called Quant, uh, Q-W-A-N-T. I like a lot. doesn't get a lot of, a lot of notations, but it's a great search engine. Um, Google will do the best by delivering content, in my opinion, and it'll deliver it the fastest. Uh, with that said, it, it's going to come with the same type of thing that's happening and to all of us whenever we're on the net is the background traffic. I got a little tool on my computer, and Brave does this as well. It'll keep track of how many things it actually turns away. I did just a simple go to Amazon. Now, this isn't Amazon. This is everybody in between, routers. 27 hits on my browser going to Amazon once. That's incredible. And it's the more popular the site, the more that this is going on in the background. So all those things we are getting for free, we will end up paying for it in bandwidth in the future. I think that issue needs to be revisited worldwide, too. Hopefully we'll get past this hump. Other than that, things are going really quite well. But I really like DuckDuckGo. You can't say enough good things about that. 651 989 9226. We'll have the weather coming up. We have much more tech talk with Doug Swinhart. By the way, we'll have Doug's phone number and email at the end of the program today. So by all means, stick around for that. You brought up something when, when we were talking about privacy and so on and so forth. And this has to do with security and protecting your machine and what's going on and avoiding ransomware and all, all sorts of other bad things. And that is being aware of uh, emails you open, particularly attachments. This is still... Uh, the old Trojan horse, if you will. Many times the bad guys are going to sneak things onto your computer through attachments. Be leery. That's true on August 14, 2021. It's been true for years. That you, you got to be leery of any attachment. You, you really do. And, as, and they're getting really, really kind of very good at what they do to, to tempt people to open them. Oh, you got a bill at UPS. Uh, uh, oh, free money here, uh, this kind of stuff. So people are just oh, sure. kind of drawn to it and just, well, it's in your house, you're comfortable, you're sitting there. And I, but your best approach to this is if you can just open up your email header, and every email has it, to where you can actually look at the proper domain name. If they can take and they can put logos that look like PayPal in your bank and all of the big honest companies right in that email and look at up here, 
but they can't change that domain name. That last domain name has to say something like PayPal.com. Now, there could be different switches in front of that that will guide you to different places on the PayPal part, but that end thing, just prior to the .com, the .net, the .info, of course, there's a lot of extra extras too, but if it's a known company, you know their domain names, that's your best way to check. And there's been kind of a plethora of these things coming and hitting Wells Fargo uh, customers. And Wells Fargo's done a great job with this. I think they sent out a notice and made mention of, this is our domain name, pay attention. Uh, if you do that, you'll know just to either open it or not. And keep in mind that all your email, if you've got a Gmail account or an iCloud account or any of the big companies, when you click that spam button, if they get X amount of, of, of um, responses from their users, they jump right on it and check it. So we got our internet service provider plus our search engine providers, and people are doing everything they can to keep this internet clean. The thing is, is with the internet, we're one big happy family. We are our brother's keeper. The better your computer runs, the better the internet runs, the better my computer runs. It, we're all tied together, and we just need to operate that way. It's a wonderful thing when it works, deadly when it doesn't, but watch those domain names. I couldn't give any better advice for monitoring my email. First thing I look at, if it even looks suspicious before I open it up. 651-989-9226. You can send your text. Uh, computer problems, hardware, software, whatever. Maybe you're having trouble with the printer. And speaking of that, here is one uh, about uh, a printer. And the the printer is, is hooked up to the uh, Wi-Fi in the house. So wireless printing, pretty typical. We have a couple of HPs in the house. And sometimes they... Sometimes you need to restart them for them to jump back online. That That's pretty typical. But in this case, uh, sometimes they can't find the printer at all. Uh, what what could be going on when when you lose your printer and, and you can't find it at all anywhere on your Chromebook or, or your laptop or what have you? You know, the feeling I'm having right here, without seeing the system, I can't say for sure, but it sure looks like there's the printer – people came out with a with a direct connect so the wi-fi instead of your printer being set up to go through your modem slash router device whatever you have which should be the hub of your network they connect right straight to the computer itself when there's multiple people in the in the local area network multiple machines if there's one machine that was set up with that direct connect, every time they print, you're gonna that printer is gonna disappear on the network. That is probably what's going on here. I can I can almost guarantee it. They they just once you get them connected, they normally stay connected. The only other thing that could be possibly interfering with this is if there's something environmental in their home. Uh, possibly they move the printer and it's now behind a. Uh, uh, 18-inch thick stone wall or behind a furnace or something like that. But if if nothing has moved and nothing has changed, that would be where I'd be looking at the how the devices are connecting to that printer and which one is off. The next thing you do is once you get it established, get into your modem or your router and lock in that local area IP address on the printer. If the printer goes to sleep and somebody comes in and says, oh, I want to check the Internet, possibly they got Possibly they got a telephone that their issue, 
that telephone or that other device will take the IP address that was originally assigned to the printer. Now the printer is off the net. It's just gone. It, it, you have to reestablish it either at the printer or through software that talks to the printer. One thing I think people should really get experience with with printers is learn those LCD panels. They're sometimes a little tricky putting in numbers and letters for passwords, but you should know how to use this. Sometimes to set them up on the panel, they connect better and they stay connected better. Back to the old thing, you know, Steve, they try to make things easier and sometimes we overcomplicate. And I think that this uh, direct uh, connect is one of them. Now, if you're a single person, you're the only person in, the, in your residence, you live in a one-bedroom flat or something like that, perfect. Use the direct connect. Yeah. won't make any difference. In fact, it'll be actually cleaner. But your printer's still going to attach to the network and the Internet so it can get updates. So I like old school. Just set it up the way it's supposed to be set up, especially with networking. They'll right. get it. They'll quick, get through that. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll have an update on the weather. And then more tech talk. Uh, we're going to talk routers. There's the 5G option and the non-5G option. Which should you use? We'll get into all of that with Doug here on Tech Talk on a Saturday News Talk, 830-WCCO. So you got a router, and it says 5G or something else. Uh, By all means, uh, what do you do? And Tech Talk, Doug Swindhart. Uh, Doug, I saw that when we got our brand new router from CenturyLink, uh, and and the guy doing the install said, "Well, the 5G is fine, but you you should generally use the other setting because that's going to get to more areas of your house." Well, he's right and he's wrong. Okay. Uh, uh, the the 5G is faster than 2.4, and now we're talking about the 5G inside your house working five gigahertz. And the latest, of course, is Wi-Fi 6. And I don't think most people are ready for that, and most people don't need it. But there, the advances in Wi-Fi for inside your house is incredible the last two years. My concern with this whole thing is the cellular phone companies, they use the same terminology of 5G. They're not the same. They aren't even close to the same. Uh, Gigahertz is one thing. Now, Comcast Xfinity... I think they got it right on the money. Their routers will automatically, if you allow the same Wi-Fi password or passphrase, if you will, for both 2.4 and 5 gigahertz, you'll automatically connect up at 5 gigahertz, which is considerably faster than 2.4. But there's a trade-off. You get 5G for about 100 feet, maybe. And then it starts getting spotty. 2.4 gigahertz, on the other hand, they say 300 feet. I've actually witnessed it as much as six or 700 feet away from the modem and still being connected. So what Xfinity has done is they encourage their people to use the same password. And in their routers, if you set up with 5G and you're wandering around your property and you get just outside the realm, so 5G starts to get spotty, their router switches your connection automatically. It's invisible. So wonderful, wonderful feature. And I think they're working on the 6, the Wi-Fi 6 as well. That's going to make things go faster, too. It's widening the band. It's um, really interesting technology with this. But 5G, take it if you can. But, again, if it's not connecting and it's not stable, go to the 2.4. We always pick stability over speed. Always, always, always. Can't 
say that enough. Good, good question. Excellent question. Another one from our text line. By the way, still time to get in. 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. Doug Swinhart's in with Tech Talk here on News Talk, E3O, WCCO. Um, th- this has to do with accepting cookies. People may go to a site. What does that mean? Is that good? Is it bad? What's going on there? Help us out. They're both. Um, cookies are, are essential on certain sites, but there's good cookies and bad cookies. Yeah, they, they I, are. I, I, a lot of them will maintain your your personal settings at that site where it will keep track of, of your, what you purchased, your account number, uh, all of the specifics that we don't want to deal with. Those are good cookies. But then there's cookies that will actually report things that they shouldn't be reporting. It's a good idea to understand or have a basic understanding of cookies, run a search on the internet and check it out. Um, we talk a lot about the provisor. Provisor does big work in the cookie area. They will actually list what they deem as safe and what they don't and give you the opportunity to take out all of them, part of them, and a fairly good explanation of that this might happen if you if you take them all out. But I got to say this too, Steve. I've had computers in here when I've taken out all of the unneeded cookies. It's an enormous amount of space they're taking up. And, of course, with computers... If we clean that hard drive, that your computer doesn't have to search so hard for things and get rid of that clutter speeds the computer up exponentially. So cookies are, um, are a necessary evil today, I believe. I think that they're here. They're not going to go anywhere. And being in control or at least being aware of them is a critical issue. And we're going to be moving into where they're going to start teaching this stuff in, in elementary school. You watch and see. It's, uh, it's going to be very noteworthy. And people's understanding, it'll come quite quickly, I believe. But cookies, just like Grandma's cookies, sometimes she has a good day, sometimes she doesn't. Sometimes she burns them. Yeah, uh, that's it. 13 minutes down in front of 3 o'clock. Uh, here's a good one. And we, we got into this a little bit when we were talking about uh, the proliferation of 5G cellular service and what that could mean for Internet at home. And... This is, can you explain buying and using an internet hotspot? Now, technically, if you have a smartphone, that can be converted into a hotspot. But be leery of that because you can really hammer your data plan and could be charged differently uh, for using that hotspot to run your computers or a smart TV or whatever. But I believe, Doug, um, at some point in the fairly near future, all of these cell phone companies are going to be offering hotspots you plug into the wall and you'll be able to buy a data plan and you'll be able to serve your entire house off that 5G cellular service. Oh, there's I no think... question in my mind. You're right. Yeah. No question. Uh, in fact, um, on the West Coast, they're, they're already starting to test 6G. And the, again, they're having the same issues. I saw a real incredible chart, and I'll try to explain it. They had uh, the the... Regular three giga, the uh, regular two G, three G, four G, and then the five G, and it, it they have some trouble getting around buildings. It just doesn't go around obstacles well. It doesn't travel up and down well. It's uh, going to be nowhere near as stable. But they're working on it. 
and they're trying to figure out a way now how they can beam it up and let it free fall. I don't understand. It's way above my pay grade, Steve. But you are correct. It's going to happen. And as much emphasis as put on competition between what used to be completely separate businesses, well, now they're all kind of doing it. You know, you, CenturyLink, prime example. We've got internet and telephone, and we used to actually produce TV through Prism. Uh, Comcast Xfinity, we've got internet, TV, and telephone, all three. Well, the telephone companies are going to reciprocate. And the cell phone towers, they are there for, I think they're actually designed to last 250 years, maintenance-free. So they're they're not going anywhere. It's an interesting concept. And don't forget low-level satellites. I kind of want, want to see what Elon Musk is going to do with these things. Because he's already talking about cranking that bandwidth up. And remember, there's not going to be hardly any latency with those. So I'm uh, looking forward to that technology to watch that, too. Yeah. Interesting times we live in, my man. Yeah, Starlink, that, that's Elon Musk's project. They're launching these little satellites that'll be in low Earth orbit. And they're, they're, there's, the plan is is to have thousands of these in orbit. Um, he, he's already into low four figures uh, on orbit. And I typed in my address, and here's what they said about Starlink. Starlink is targeting coverage in your area in mid to late 2021. You'll receive a notification once your Starlink is ready to ship. Now, it's got a hardware cost of $4.99 because you need yep. a dish. And then uh, the service, 99 bucks a month. There's little shipping and handling. There's some tax. But the, the point being is, is that they're, they're, they're doing some testing now in northern Minnesota and that northern tier of the United States and southern Canada. But they're going to expand this network. This could be really interesting as well, and another competitor, and hopefully keep costs down or drive costs down for for everybody who wants access. Well, you know, and something that we haven't heard any word on at all, low-level satellites, they've had them in Japan since the mid to late 80s. And in Japan, not only are they carrying Internet, they're carrying cell phone coverage. And they have phenomenal telephone and Internet. I, I, I don't know if that's going to happen here or not, but I, I like competition because it usually means better service and lower prices for you and I. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard one word about that yet. I, I'll bet that's right around the corner, too. Just watch and see. But you're still nearly every communication is going to be, for telephone, will be voice over IP, VoIP. Uh, so they're going to be utilizing that Internet. We're going to have that one hub for communication, whether it be TV, telephone, Internet, going to be one one connection i think it's going to be fun times watching these companies uh, who who ends up on top and who loses all right quick break we'll put a wrap on it in a moment we'll give you doug's phone number and email and how you can reach him during the week in a moment here on news talk e3owcco all right doug i guess we're still on right now let's keep it rolling okay. uh let's let's uh, get into uh our text line Last week you mentioned something better than Sea Cleaner. Unfortunately, I was driving and couldn't get the name written down, and I believe that's Provisor. That's for Windows 10, right? It is indeed, and they're already working on the, on a version for 11, so if you have it, it'll update, and it'll pop right up for 11. And it's P-R-I-V, as in victory, A as in apple, Z as in zebra, E-R. And it's provisor.com, right. and it's free, or you can make a donation. 
You'll get the same product either way. I really like this thing. I haven't had a Windows 10 machine in here that I haven't put it on yet. And people like it, too, because it does have kind of a one-button deal. But it's very aggressive in helping your privacy, extremely aggressive in cleaning out Windows. It will actually even go in and take out old, updated versions of Windows that lay on your hard drive and just do nothing but create clutter. First run takes quite a while. It's about two to three hours to really clean a hard drive. But after that, minutes. I love that program. P-R-I-V-A-Z-E-R dot com. Provisor. Okay. Um, here, here's a good one from the text line. We were talking about wireless internet and how great it's going to be. Uh, someone texted in, don't give up on copper lines. If uh, the grid goes down, they do not. So uh, I, I would agree. <laughs> There's, yeah. It's tough to beat the old school standards. Well, you know, it's funny. We, we've had a landline forever and ever. Same phone number since we moved into the neighborhood a number of years ago when I moved back to town. I was kind of doing the town-to-town, up-and-down-the-dial radio thing. And when we settled back in the Twin Cities, uh, we, we lived down the street, and then we moved to a different house about 16 years ago. have had the same phone number now for years, and we continue to have a landline because they throw it in as part of our DSL with CenturyLink. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is it is kind of quaint every now and then to pick up the phone and actually call someone and not be using the cell phone. And it's always there. Even in a power outage, I've got an old school hardwired phone that doesn't rely on power in the house. And it still works. Yeah, you know, it, it's it, funny it you should works. bring this funny you should bring this up. I like many people. Uh, once I got a, a decent smartphone, well, I could save some money. So I dropped my landline. Uh-uh. Been having a little difficulty with my smartphone. Not quite sure why. Um, not that old. I, you probably recall I just got an S10 not too long ago. And I traded it in a couple of days ago on a 21. Uh, but I actually am considering getting a landline back. And I contacted CenturyLink. You're going to love this, Steve. I'm not the only one. They were 37 days out to get to my house to put it in. Woo. So if you want a landline, order it early. Yeah. But I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm gonna get, I think I'm going to get one. They're not expensive. You can shut off the long distance. Use your smartphone for that because that's included in your plan. But I, I think I'm going to get one. I, I, it's just a good idea. And like you say, people have kind of forgotten this. If the power goes out completely, your phone's still going to work. Uh, yeah, that's, it, it is. It is interesting. I, I know when the phone rings, it gets our attention. Typically, it's a telemarketer, but occasionally we'll get a meaningful call on our old landline. So it, it's it's kind of a kind of a, a trip back in time, and and we still have one around the house. Hey, Doug, we got to run. Uh, we've got about a minute left in the program. How do people reach you uh, during the week? How do they email you? Ah, uh, thank you. Six five one. 552-9543, and the best email to use is admin at wccotech.com, A-D-M-I-N at wccotech.com, 651-552-9543. And, Steve, I'm going to go enjoy the weather today. Oh, it is a beaut. Just lovely day. Enjoy, Doug. Always good to visit with you, and thanks for the time. My pleasure. See you soon, Steve. All right. There he is, Doug Swin, the heart. And that is Tech Talk. Each and every Saturday, sports schedules permitting between 2 and 3 o'clock. And 
Once again, a lot of great texts on the program today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 